Hello. Hello. This is the universe speaking. How may I help you? Welcome to the art of listening. I'm your host, Yannick Rohr. Enjoy the show. This episode's brought to you by theperfecthedshot.com and produced by James Gibson at Daosound, T-A-O-Sound.org. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's the 25th, right? <laughs> uh, oh, I've got a lovely lady and a- a young girl being put to bed at home. And I'm not even driving my own car. <laughs> That's the best way to start a podcast. Mm. <laughs> we don't really have to go real deep on this one, but mm, okay. Just uh It is the twenty fifth. Twenty fifth of January two thousand seventeen, sitting here with my man James Gibson. <laughs> A lot of shit going on right here. I'm just gonna preface this one. Me and James, we got we got a little plan of action here. It involves uh, sound audio engineering company and then a media production company, and we just finished our first collaborative shoot together, which is pretty dope. Um, group of girls here in town doing a thing called soul engineering and. James was was handling the audio and I was doing the uh, video visual side of things and uh, that was good, man. That was real good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Dow Sound mm. and Dow Productions are kind of going to be like sister brands, I suppose. One's like the visual media, video production, the other sound. So. You're actually producing these podcasts for me. So each of these things gets a little stamp of the James Gibson signature on it. And I got to be honest, man, like when you went through the first night that I came over to your place and we started, you're like, yeah, you know, pop this thing into logic. And uh, you just, you made that thing sound way better, way better than it did originally. And, uh, so, Dow Sound, T A O Sound dot org. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's a dream. It's a dream coming true. It's great to work with good people. Even sitting here doing this, this has got a meta feel to it. Super meta. <laughs> <laughs> so meta. <laughs> and, uh,. So many good people coming, sitting in these chairs, sharing stories, and I don't know, that's what music and that's what sound is, and that's why I love being an engineer and a producer, is because you get to hear stories, and you get to find ways for them to sound better, that can really mean whatever, it can be more catching to people, more bright, more action maybe more silent 
and it's just having really artistic touch on it. It's just really fun to figure out what that is every time. You perceive the world differently when you've lived a little bit of sound engineering lifestyle. You hear, I don't want to say better, but you hear differently. I mean, what do you think on that? <sighs> it's just truth. You're more perceptive with your ears. They're like a fine-tuned instrument rather than just like this thing that's been sitting on your head. Yeah, it's interesting how... Um, Everybody has their own perception of sound or perhaps their senses even. All seven of them. Or how many senses are there? Uh, Three. Five. And then you have your sixth sense, <laughs> which is the intuition. And seeing dead people. Yeah, people apparently can do that too. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it is a... It's a way of interpreting it. And... Um, I think that becoming good with any sense or like professionally good is about getting a general idea of how people tend to interpret that sense in their own right mm. in large numbers. If you can find ways that everybody reacts to sound or to smell or to taste, it's so crazy on the production side, too, because the sound's being pumped through so many different devices, like little tiny Apple headphones that probably cost like 30 cents to make <laughs> and yeah. like, you know, high-end home theater systems. And you got to be able to make it kind of, you know, work for all. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild trying to figure out that pipeline from the very beginning, like a vision or a thought all the way through the action or all the different things that get recorded all the way through to having a polished product and then even something that somebody hears on the end through whatever speaker system they're hearing. So when you're listening to this microphone feed right now, there's a little like, just a little tiny, like little, what would you even call it, a buzz? Little hiss. Little I'd, hiss. I'd say that there's some information on the high end. Okay. Yeah. And then there's also the giant monstrosity that streaks its way from Canada down to Mexico, about a mile away or less. <laughs> you can hear that. What else? Is that the water? That's I-35, my brother. That's I-35. That's so funny. I was imagining <laughs> that the Colorado water? River. I it's would have <laughs> wished that was the Colorado <laughs> It was just a desire. Uh, not based in logic or fact. <laughs> uh, what else can you hear? Can you hear anything else? Mm. It sounds like an airplane to me. We might okay, be in I'm different gonna, dimensions. I don't well, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to get into it now. Take it away, brother. <laughs> it's information. It's information, man. It, it is... Any sound that you hear is information that your mind is interpreting. It can sound like a million different things, but we are so wired for understanding sound mm. that... A violin sounds like a violin. Mm. A cello sounds like a cello. A viola sounds like a viola. A flute sounds like a flute. 
a freeway sounds like a freeway. But to me, a freeway sounds like an airplane. Mm. <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said in that, but applied to the world of instrumentation and music and songwriting. That's my favorite realm. Yeah, when you take the filters down and you hear the sound for what it is rather than what you're like, you know, you just immediately like, oh, that's, you're like putting it into these categories and you're hearing it through like a filter almost. I don't know how else to describe it. At least that's what I'm picking up on from your, uh, from your thing right there. Hmm. So, 365 songs in a year. That's a pretty intense what, project. What comes, to, <laughs> what comes to mind when I say those words? Oh, I don't know. All, the whole <laughs> range from ecstasy all the way to regret. It was it's completely broad spectrum. nuts. It's a very broad spectrum. <laughs> I don't but know, it gets more broad. I am emotional, okay? Oh, man. Real human. Yeah. Sitting well, on this microphone. And I mean, that's what... That's what the songs are about. It's about all of the different parts of, <laughs> I mean, all the places you go throughout a year, especially dedicated, like wholeheartedly to finishing something that is nuts and requires craziness to accomplish. So filling in some blanks here for anyone, I guess this is a podcast at this point, but <laughs> it's very sneaky I really slyly got James into the back room here and, I totally uh, knew what you were doing the entire <laughs> time And I went along with Well, it. you were like, alright man, I'm going back home And then you showed back up And I was like, well, alright, whatever This chair's really comfy I just wanted <laughs> to sit in a comfy chair uh, th- uh, How would you even preface it? James, you're involved in a group called Brothers Final That did 365 songs in one year Complete Songs, full songs, written, recorded, multiple band members, and music videos. Fucking ridiculous. And that shit's on YouTube. You could look it up. Brothers Vinyl, right? Yeah. It's crazy. You look up Brothers Vinyl more days like this, you'll mm. find the songs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's just so much there, and we don't have to go super into it, but like, just tasking yourself with a project of that magnitude, um... I mean, I kind of know a lot about it because you've shared, we, we've talked about it quite a bit, but just the f- the fact that you've done that is like, it's like not only just a badass resume, like, yo, I, I, you know, I pulled this off, I went for it, dedication, but the amount of growth and, and like learning that probably takes place just being disciplined enough to pull that off, I mean, I don't know. What would you say for anybody who's trying to embark on a project like, oh, I want to make, you know, Mm, 100... Absolutely do it. Mm. If you... If you feel like there's something that you want to do in the arena of creating something, just let it be something that you love. For me, it's music. Collaborating with people. So... It made a lot of sense to to do that project and just grin and bear it. Um, yeah. No matter what, if if it feels like something you want to do, just do it. And the more 
any part of you that holds back is going to burn off in the fire. Because you just learn. You learn any way that you're standing in your own way. It just... It cannot be. <laughs> Those words resonate so strong, my brother. That shit is so true. Wow. Yeah, just do it. Straight up. If you're thinking about it, do it. Find out afterwards. <laughs> yeah, and just get better at doing stuff you love. Mm-hmm. Totally. In the process. Totally, man. That's cool. And uh, first bit, first memory you have involving sound. Oh man. Um, gosh, I mean, wish aspect because I am an instrumentalist. I am a singer. I am a recording engineer. I am a mixing engineer. I'm a songwriter. <laughs> All of these play into sound. Let's start with the first memory you ever have involving sound, like just hearing it. Like, what do you remember? The first thing you remember hearing in your life? It's a pretty bizarre question. I mean, it's got to be a heartbeat, right? Right. But in terms of remembering. Yeah, but actually, remembering. Well, that's going to be different for me because I've got a lot of my childhood blocked out of my mind. Mm. Um, First memorable, notable. I mean, song. violin. Violin. Violin being in Claudia Miller's living room. Shout out. Shout out, <laughs> Claudia, Claudia Miller. Miller. <laughs> she lived in Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's an incredible violinist in the Eugene Symphony. And. And learning how to play violin as the first instrument is grotesque and inhumane. Because <laughs> you're so young, just you got this little tiny violin, so squeaky. And then they have recitals <laughs> where all of the kids that are the same level, which is like straight beginner, come together and they perform together and it's just a bunch of squeaky tiny violins and all the parents come around and... You just do your best to stay there for the entire performance. Does it sound good? No, it sounds terrible. <laughs> but then once you get up to like a three-quarter size violin is when they really start resonating. Uh, and then you get to a full size and it's like, wow. It's incredible. But there's a lot of learning time if yeah, you start when you're tiny. Mm. And so props to my parents for dealing with that. So you actually played violin. Or did you just attend the symphony? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. no, I, I played. Yeah, I was in orchestras. And took lessons all the way through, and then it got to the end of high school. And I was so done with it. <laughs> I just, like, that was the rules. Until you're 18, you have to play an instrument, you have to play violin. So I left that, and didn't take long. Shortly thereafter, I picked up guitar. Ah, I was going to ask when you picked it up. I was... Did you play any other instruments during those first 18 when you were doing violin? Or? Mm -hmm. Clarinet. Okay. I played a recorder in elementary school. Like a boss? <laughs> mean recorder, man. Uh-huh. Was it plastic? Just coming at them hard with the <laughs> yeah. $6 recorder? <laughs> yeah, dude, me and Louis Armstrong. <laughs> so recorder, clarinet, and then when you put it down, guitar? Yeah. I always loved the drums. Just never... 
Actually, I played the drums a little bit. Dude, you wreck shop on guitar. <laughs> For whatever that phrase could even mean to anyone. <laughs> I'm, I'm, before I even knew you, I met you at like a life party put on by, shout out Xenopia, uh, mm. out at Mike Chang's place. And there's like little fire dancing going on, and you're just kind of cooling it in the background on the guitar with somebody playing the saxophone. Mm. You know that. Lee, you Lee Redfield. That. Shout out Lee Redfield. Y'all ripped it up, man. That shit was so dope. So amazing. And I came up to you after. I was like, yo, dude. <laughs> you might be the best <laughs> guitarist I've ever heard. But, you know. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. Um, I'm so glad I, you were there. That I'm was not, such a great night. Yeah, it was a great, great night. So I started playing guitar, and then where how did music diverge for you after that? Hmm. Um, I just always stuck with it. I made a lot of odd decisions through school mm. of like <laughs> avoiding things that I wanted to study or like like actually interesting uh, we're talking about doing what you love but I had a twisted view of school um, where I I'd like I didn't want to study the things that I loved because I was afraid I might lose interest in them ooh interesting yeah it was a bummer now that I think about it mm. <laughs> but at the time I was like saving myself I thought I was wow that's kind of like an advanced thought process well, maybe I was just really slow as a child. No, <laughs> what, were the, what were the things you were talking about? Um, well, yeah. I never studied music in school, mm. but the entire time I was in school, I always had a guitar. I worked all summer of it was the end of my junior year, my senior year, and I bought um, a Fender <laughs> And I bought this little speaker system, and I was just downstairs all the time. So I'd gone through a really bad breakup <laughs> with Ooh. this girl from Germany. Charge with the motion. Wasn't, you know, bad or whatever, but I know, right? Blues. Insert the blues Ooh. into the life now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so I, I stayed down there just drowning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my sorrows was downstairs in the basement Does, yeah. can we paint a picture well no downstairs it was actually pretty cool it was, okay. uh, it was in a bigger house and the downstairs had like a separate living room type right. space down in the cellar playing blues yeah no, cell- yeah. yeah exactly with the Dang. rats so- <laughs> sweet sweet <laughs> uh, and so you did that for a little bit and mm-hmm. just blues was the um, original yeah went to yeah. school up in Washington and came back down went to school in Oregon and um, had a band for a while in Oregon after, uh, actually while I was finishing up school, uh, it was called Road Home and the Stars Above. And, uh, and that was some rock and roll. <laughs> That's so funny. I look back and I had, um, <clears throat> I wasn't lined up very well in terms of like, like I was just trying to do several different things that were kind of crossing each other's paths. Okay. Like being in a rock band mm-hmm. and going to school mm-hmm. and working a day job at Symantec Ooh. and having a relationship. <laughs> that was nuts. Well, that'll leave you pretty, uh, pretty uh, drained. Yeah. Yeah. And so after a while, that just, you know, time to fly away from the nest mm-hmm. so I moved to Austin and bam 
been in a couple of bands here. Dopest just... city in the country. Shout <laughs> out Austin, Texas. <laughs> All right, so you moved to Austin. Probably best decision of your life. <laughs> of course. Why did you move I'm down here? here? Dude, well, it's so good. If you had not moved to Austin, I wouldn't know you, and certain things in my life wouldn't be happening. Like, my mm-hmm. life would be so different. Just based off that. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm, I'm recognizing that now. Oh, man, that's a rabbit hole. Yeah. My, Gosh, the my, number of things. Um, so you moved to Austin. Hmm. Yeah, with a, a super rock and roll buddy of mine, Sam. Because the music scene here, or why'd you move to LA? Yeah, yeah, we were looking to move into L.A., which I've thought about that a lot in hindsight, and uh-huh. that might have been a really interesting move. I think I would have been eaten alive. I think Sam would have been incredible in moving forward and taking advantage of everything that L.A. is. Uh, but instead, like a little while before we... We're about to leave. We bought a car and threw our guitars in and some clothes and drove down. But we um, watched a live show with this guy, and he's like, no, you don't want to move to L.A. You want to go to Austin. That's where all the musicians are. So we listened to him. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we moved to Austin. And How old were you at the time? 23? Oh nine. Uh Before I graduated high school. <laughs> so. Yeah. Always at the end of oh nine. I've never been good at this whole, like, figuring out exactly. It's like eight years ago. Yeah, eight, seven years ago. Anyways. That's a decent amount of time. Yeah, I was 24. And... Wow. Yeah, that's an interesting... Mm. Yeah, time to go back to. Yeah, it was a lot. I, so I was like, this was when I started aligning myself with things I wanted to do because mm. I just twisted it all up when I was younger and, um, and so I slowly untangled into the Austin experience and I find myself now finally like making the decision to just choose stuff I love mm. and it totally it was it was the 365 it was the more days like this project that like man, I stuff started burning off left and right. Like, what does that mean? Stuff started burning off. Anything that I was doing that was not in line with making a song every single day, like it fell apart. Mm, interesting. So a habit of mine that I had of trying to do several things that weren't necessarily in, in line uh-huh. with what I was saying I wanted to do, like uh-huh. the, the times when my actions wouldn't line up. Gotcha. <sighs> so, I find myself aligned, a lovely relationship with the skill of music, and now... Uh, a budding company, Dow Sound, and a large community of friends here in town. Who I just love, and I'm beautiful. Just so, <laughs> so thankful to be wow. a part of. Wow! Incredible, incredible people. They're all great. <laughs> to all of you, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> and so. I, I just started thinking about Trump. I just had incredible Ooh, people and create, and I just only completely sidelined myself. Uh, let's not go there. Never mind. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. um, 
it's beautiful, beautiful town and into this relationship and I got a daughter. I mean, yeah, for all intents and purposes. Whatever. So it's all, it's like, it's lined up on health, creativity. I mean, goodness, do you need anything more? Love. Yeah, there you go. Affection, compassion. There's the money side of things, right? There's the like... The, the base needs, the base resources, food, water, shelter. Uh, that always seems to... It, it does. It seems like it can be a challenging one. Oh, that's not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> where did you think I was going? Well, I've been noticing more and more that when the service rendered is whole and true mm. in health and in creativity and service and love that it does tend to be taken care of that there are people who are listening we're renting a house right now from the homeowners talk about another community that's so important we're renting from the people that put together the enchanted forest oh no way yeah Whoa, man. albert deloach and wow that's so cool emery big shout out so much love so connected to the burner crowd here in town as they are hosts to it. And, God, yeah, things are, it's nice, I found that as I align, the world aligns as well. So, big, big points on aligning yourself. If you're gonna write a how-to guide (laughs) <laughs> on alignment of I self. I think I'd be the... Sure, whatever. Right. We're just going to play hypothetical. Like, what would be some big points in there? Like, big mm. points. Um, wow, goodness. Yeah, because I could project on, like, what I see of you as a person, uh, but I'd rather you just kind of, like, what comes to you. Oh, well, I'm, I think this is a special time to, to be asked that question because uh-huh. I feel spectacularly aligned yeah you feel that way man just being around you it's great Mm. (laughs) it's it's so wonderful in itself good vibes just yeah um (laughs) so (laughs) good vibes bottle up this feeling (laughs) yeah (laughs) put it in a book oh it's just do what you love and absolutely stand for it i just had a really important powerful loving conversation with Xavier Patterson oh uh, okay okay big shout out so much Xavier. love yeah <laughs> oh man Good fueling guy. the revolution wow and, gosh that's a podcast I know man he was supposed to come over and he like you know something happened and alright whatever well, he has to it's go in save the works. the world somewhere else yeah right he is he is we're not even getting into it he's, he's awesome he's a great dude we talked about the power of intention I think that something that slid into place for me recently is that I, I know what I want to share. I know who I want to be. And there are many ways that I have apologized for that and given away my power in that realm. And the moment that I stand up and I say, 
this is exactly who I am. This is exactly what my message is. And I say it loud and proud, proud, and then I stand for it forevermore. Then I'm giving myself the power that I want, giving myself the alignment. All the while doing something you love. All the while. So it fuels you, that passion is, is cycling back into you. So stand for it. Stand for your message. If there's something you care to share, share it and stand for your intention. Stand for your message. Mm. Man, mm. I love it. Mm. I love it so much. All right, I got another one for you. So, <laughs> and then, and then I'm going home. Uh, okay. And then we'll do this again. Yeah, some other time. Uh, well, it's kind of going to be a different question since you said it like that. I was going to say, what is the most interesting thing we could talk about right now? Non-politically related. <sighs> most interesting thing we could talk about. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, God, I'm feeling this so so hard this is it's so important and to put it into words it's love it's to stand for love in the exact same way that we just spoke about message and standing for it it's to be a purveyor, to be a symbol. This world now more than ever could use good role models. And for those role models to be sharing healthy messages and for those healthy messages to be shared in strong ways that reverberate and are felt widely. Aho. Aho. James. Yannick. Thank you for your time, my brother. Dude, I love you, and I love the projects you're working on. Hmm. Man, and I love. <laughs> Just love. Love. I'm here. If anybody wants some love, 100% free hugs. We're here to listen. Yeah. All right. That was great. That was really, really special. Anyone out there? It's your time. It's the most valuable resource you got. If you spend it with us. And we hope that you are taking care of yourself so you can show up for those in your life that you love. Until next time, we love you. Thank you for being an artist and taking part in the art of listening.
This podcast has been brought to you by theperfectheadshot.com. If you need an absolutely amazing image of yourself, something to represent you on a personal social media profile, business LinkedIn, maybe you're starting a website or writing a book, real estate agent, actor, check out theperfectheadshot.com. The Perfect Headshot is an Austin, Texas-based headshot photography studio located near South Congress. If you need an image to represent you in the best way possible, something that makes you look kind, trustworthy, attractive, confident, professional, there's no better place to go. They will retouch anything you want, blemishes, lint on your clothes, stray hairs removed, teeth whitened, eyes brightened, picture perfect. They offer a money-back guarantee, so you got absolutely nothing to lose. If you're the owner of a business and would like to have headshots for all of your employees, they will bring the mobile studio to your office, upload all of your images to a private, password-protected web gallery where you can download them or have them printed and sent straight to your door. Booking a headshot couldn't be easier. Simply go to theperfectheadshot.com, submit your contact info, and a sales representative will contact you shortly. If you reference the Art of Listening podcast, you'll receive a 20% discount on your headshot session. Best picture you've ever had or your money back guaranteed. This podcast is also sponsored by Brain Juice. Brain Juice is an all-natural nootropic supplement, a small shot that boosts your cognitive function. There's a caffeinated and non-caffeinated version. Pretty delicious stuff. I mix it in with my morning tea and highly recommend it if you're trying to get productive or maybe a replacement for alcohol in social situations. Either way, if you'd like to try it out, go to brainjuice.me and you can use the promo code ART ART for 10% off your order. This podcast is also sponsored by West China Tea Company. If you would like to get some amazing Chinese tea of any variety, you can go to westchinateacompany.com and use the promo code ART for 10% off your order. That's ART. If you're looking to produce a podcast of your own or maybe an album, anything audio-related, I highly recommend checking out daosound.org. That's T-A-O sound.org. It's the audio production company I use to produce all my podcasts. I can say I'm the type of person who likes to do everything myself, but once I was really getting this together, having a professional step in and master the audio tracks has made a huge difference in the recording quality. So if you're looking to do anything audio-related, That's who I use, and I highly recommend them. That's taosound.org.